The Lord be with you. A reading from the, Holy, from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Today is the feast day of the Ascension. Uh, the Ascension actually normally, well, it, it comes 40 days after the resurrection, after Easter. But in the U.S., we almost always move it to Sunday. And so uh, other, actually a few dioceses in the United States and other parts of the world uh, is a holy day of obligation on Thursday, but we move it to Sunday so that uh, kind of the idea is that more people can celebrate it um, and that we get to have it every, um, every year. So it's 40 days out from Easter is the Ascension of Christ. And the Ascension is kind of this bittersweet uh, time, right? Um, Jesus is risen from the dead. He's conquered death. And the disciples still don't quite know what to make of it. And he doesn't really spend that much time with them. You know, he spent about three years with them, died, rose from the dead, and then only spends about 40 days kind of unpacking that to a degree, and then ascends to the Father. And it can seem as though there's kind of this abandonment-type position where Jesus could have remained on earth, but instead he ascends to the Father. And he tells us many times why he does that, but it's still difficult for us to understand. One of the analogies that I think has been helpful for me to understand about the ascension of Christ and, and maybe why he didn't remain here is because, uh, similar to a general in a battle, there are certain times when he needs to go to the battlefront and be able to get, you know, kind of right in, right with the soldiers. But that's actually not the best place for a general to be because that's not where all the information is coming in. That's not where he can see the entire field. He actually often needs to go into the back, not because he's afraid or because he doesn't want to be on the front, but actually because that's the necessary place in order to be able to take care of the entire battlefield, the entire war, right, in some ways. And we often speak about it is the spiritual life and and that there is kind of a battle going on. Although we say that the war has been won with Jesus' death and resurrection, there is still kind of these final battles going on and that Jesus ascends to heaven not to abandon us, but to properly direct us, okay? And so that's kind of part of it there. He also talks about it and many times that he needs to ascend to the Father so that the Father might send another, the advocate or the paraclete or the Holy Spirit. And we are now in this time where actually next Sunday is Pentecost. 50 days after Easter were the sending forth of the Holy Spirit. And some um, 
kind of uh, ecclesiology speaks about it, that there are different ages of the church and that we now live in the age of the Holy Spirit. Now, we all know the Holy Spirit because we all make the sign of the cross, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is, again, kind of like I mentioned last Sunday, is often the forgotten person of the Trinity. It's the hardest person of the Trinity to really grasp. It, we, uh, it's very similar to wind in the sense that you can see the effect of wind. You can feel wind, but you can't see it. You can't really touch it. You can't control it. And you see wind sometimes uh, in the gentlest breeze and sometimes in the most destructive force, right? Wind is this kind of uncontrollable force that, uh, again, I think is a great analogy or kind of metaphor for the Holy Spirit. Now, whenever we can't grasp something very easily, it's sometimes harder for us to interact, harder for us to acknowledge, harder, harder for us to... Um, continue to use. And so it's important for us at times to speak about the Holy Spirit because we want uh, that relationship with the Holy Spirit and that we're in the age of the Holy Spirit to be able to be used properly. Now, what's uh, another good analogy or metaphor that I thought was helpful to understand the different ages and the age that we're in today? They're not exactly all the same. In some ways, we actually speak about the age of the Holy Spirit being a place of greater power a greater understanding. Jesus actually says that when he ascends to the Father, that the disciples will actually do greater works than he does through the Holy Spirit. And so in many ways, we actually live in a better time in the age of the Holy Spirit than even at the time of Jesus Christ. Um, for myself, uh, I've grown up in a family, uh, going to the metaphor, um, a family that always was doing construction. We were always working on the house in some ways. Uh, my dad built a garage next to the old garage. You know, we'd help other families do garage. You know, we'd redo floors and different things. And so I grew up pretty young being able to, you know, build things, right, with wood, nails, screws. And initially, I remember, you know, working with, you know, just a simple screw on simple projects and using a screwdriver, and it was always really difficult. And I thought, this is a terrible invention. This is just terrible because it's so hard to, you know, to actually get in, and then it, it kind of gets off and kilter and everything else, and I'm not a huge fan. And, and then as I started to get a little bit older, I got to use the electric uh, drill, right, the, the um, screwdriver, the, the actual electric and plugged in, and I started to think it was a little bit better idea. One of the advantages of that is then you can pull it back out in case if you make a mistake, which was better than nails. But nails were still way easier at this point. But, and then you had to keep on finding a place to plug it in. And then, of course, you've got this cord kind of leading behind you and everything else. But you're able to get a lot of work done and you start to kind of figure it out. Uh, and then I started to use an electric, you know, screwdriver. And I was like, this is amazing. And then I used an impact screwdriver. And that will change your world. Okay, that changes the way that, you know, understanding the way that screwdrivers work. Now, what is the metaphor here? Well, I'd like to say in some ways that we have the different ages, the age of the Father, the age of the Son, and the age of the Holy Spirit. And although all of them accomplish the task in which God wants, we actually live in the age of, I would say, the impact drill. Okay, we actually live in an age where actually more has been revealed to us that we actually have received a greater power, a greater grace than ever before. 
Now, the Trinity, with the understanding of the Trinity, that every single age, every single time that one person of the Trinity acts, all three of them act. So it's not like as if the Holy Spirit was completely empty, you know, kind of waiting in the background, waiting for his chance to act, okay? In the age of the Father, in the Old Testament, uh, we see that the Holy Spirit is acting, but it's primarily the age of the Father, kind of preparing the way for the age of the Son. And when Jesus Christ comes, it transforms our relationship with God. But now today, we live in the age of the Holy Spirit, not a downgrade, but a change, a different relationship, which I would again say is one of great power. And if we understand that, I think it's important for us to be able to understand the tools that we have in our uh, toolbox in order to be able to use them properly. And if we don't know how to use a screwdriver or an impact drill, we might not use it even though it's an amazing tool to be used. And the Holy Spirit is certainly not a tool to be used, but it is someone that we need to call upon, someone that we need to realize. Now, all of us are baptized, and when we're baptized, we're actually baptized into the Holy Spirit, and we're made temples of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit dwells in us when we're in the state of grace to be able to act in this world when we're confirmed, we're sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, which gives us a greater, you know, advantageous use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But if we never pray for them, if we never ask for them, if we never, we don't develop them, then they kind of get rusty, right? Um, We need to ask the Holy Spirit to be a part of our life. And that's why... um, We're going to be focusing on the Holy Spirit the next few weeks. I'd really like us to be able to pray to the Holy Spirit, especially as we're leading up to Pentecost. As you walked in, hopefully you got one of these cards, which is the prayer to the Holy Spirit. And um, I kind of know this. I I always get the first part. I always forget the second part. Um, But this is a great prayer to be able to pray, especially... One of the greatest, I think, virtues that, needs, that we all need at times is prudence, right? We run into situations that we don't know how to act. We don't know how to respond. We don't know what we're supposed to do, right? Is it my problem? Is it their problem? Is it, is it what is the solution? And that's actually how am I supposed to properly act in this situation? That's the virtue of prudence. And I think that we need to pray for the virtue of prudence more often. Because it's, a whole, it's very easy to just put things in black and white, and that makes it really simple, right? But a lot of the times, our life is in the gray. And we need help to be able to help unpack that. And so we need the Holy Spirit to help guide us in that. And so I really encourage for you to pray the, the come prayer to the Holy Spirit uh, this week and to learn it. To pray it not just once, but multiple times a day, right? Once in the morning, once in the afternoon, once in the evening, right? This is a prayer not to just uh, be prayed once, but to be prayed throughout the day in moments especially of need. To close, I'd like to uh, pray this prayer together with all of you and to uh, be perhaps the first time, but hopefully not the last time that you pray it. So if you do have it, you can pull it out and we'll pray it together. Prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle of them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. 
O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen.